influencers. Let's get bouge. Listen to Abe Thompson for an hour. I'd rather fuck a blood relative. It's Abe Thompson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode whatever the fuck it is. I don't know what we're on now, honestly, uh, of Aid Thompson and Other Disappointments. Your twice, sometimes thrice weekly delve into the worlds of politics, dystopia, and all things awful. I am your host, Aid Thompson, and allow me to take you by your hand as we gallivant through these fields of gallows humour. Allow me to be your Willy Wonka. Dancing and singing my way as I point out the world's minor quibbles and completely unresolvable problems from climate change to Brexit to James Corden. Uh, big shout out to the Patreon backers, as always. Uh, Doffer the cap to you guys. You give my funny bone a funny boner, etc., etc. Um, looking forward to meeting up with a few of you at the September gig that is on Thursday, the 28th of September. Uh, if you haven't got tickets for that yet, I really encourage you to grab them super quick. There's a link in this description to this episode. So grab yourself some of those. Thursday, the 28th of September, it's me, Otto English, Ashley Hayden, John Left of the Countryside. It's going to be a night of boozy, fun, games, podcast stand up you name it it's going to be cool and we're all going to hang out together afterwards so uh you have been warned grab those tickets now before they sell out now before we get into this episode proper as it were i'm going to do a quick promo if you like i've got a new song out if you're into satire if you're into hip-hop uh i have this tune that's out now on spotify you can also see it on my youtube there's a video for it and everything uh it's called everything is fucked now drink with me, <laughs> which is, I'm sure you will agree, very much on brand for this podcast. In fact, I may have even titled a show that at some point, if memory serves. I know I've said it a lot, like in the intro and everything, but it's a concept that runs through my veins. It's me speaking my truth, uh, for better or worse. So yeah, it's called Everything is Fucked, Now Drink With Me. It sounds a bit like this. In a country with no hope and a world with a death Wish I'd like to welcome everybody as friends in Arrived just in time for the ending From the climate to Brexit, pandemics to Putin Put a beer in your chest, quick Running dry in your engine Grab a wine before they fly me off to my intervention Tonight, let's Anyway, you might not like it You might not even be into hip-hop You might not even be into music uh, But I thought, you know, if some of you maybe like that kind of stuff Or even like satirical comedy kind of music Maybe it might be worth putting it out there so there you go it's out there for you if you are so inclined right what are we going to talk about today what's in the news guys first things first this this is a story that sort of bubbled up uh, into my periphery the other day uh it's about the 2021 oxford school shooting that took place in michigan uh in the united states and i know like there's a lot of school shootings that happen over there uh, and they all kind of fade into one. But also when something happens like two years ago, it kind of, you know, the news cycle moves very quickly. It's hard for us to maintain these recollections and to remember all of the details. But this was a particularly egregious one because this was a kid who he didn't like shoot a bunch of people and then kill himself. Like he pre-planned the shootings 
documented his hate in a school notebook, drew pictures of like how he was going to shoot specific people. And I know like in the past on, on different, you know, historical episodes, I have mocked the United States for its lax gun laws, uh, for its hugely irresponsible attitude to gun ownership, for its lack of responsibility in terms of implementation of background checks and refusing gun sales to people who have previously had mental health problems. But this story came out and honestly, like, rather than it kind of reaffirming or, you know, filling me with some kind of smug, snarky kind of uh, comedic mileage, which is usually what these Americana stories would do to me. Rather than that, actually, it just made me feel really fucking sad, you know, because here you had a kid who was obviously deeply unhappy documenting this sort of stuff. And his parents were called into the school because the school were deeply concerned about his conduct and about the way that he was speaking and about the sort of stuff that they were finding in his notepads. And still the parents did nothing. In fact, the parents bought him a fucking gun. And like, I, I know it's so easy that like we as Brits, thankfully, thank the fucking Lord, we don't live in a country where there's just firearms on every street corner and we've got this lax legislation, at least for now. I mean, if, if the Tories get in again at the next general election, I would not put it past them at all that they start to table the possibility of relaxing gun laws because it fits right in that Tory culture war, right wing, distract them with this conversation. Then it'll be hanging in the town square. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Like your Lee Andersons, your Brendan Clark Smith. If it's the choice out of having an honest conversation with you about interest rates and about tempering spiking energy bills and helping you... <laughs> If it's the choice out of having that conversation or reopening the debate on gun ownership, or it's not the 1970s anymore. A lot of these kids out there, they're armed, and it's only right that our bubbies on the beat are armed as well. And you should have the right to protect your family. It's all going to happen if the Tories win the next election. I promise you. But at least for now, we are living in a country that doesn't have to deal with those sorts of problems. But anyway, I know it's easy for like us as Brits to, you know, throw shade at America and go like, ha, well, that's that's what you get for selling AK-47s at Walmart, you fucking idiots. It's really easy to sort of fall back into that lazy non-analysis when we see these stories of, you know, NRA gun ownership kind of Americana stuff. But I, I want to do this, you know, properly. So... Let's get into this. Let's let's actually look at what happened, shall we? Here we go. So this is from CNN.com. Um, and it's a sort of timeline kind of blog article thing that I'm following if you want to go and search it. So so this says the weekend before the shooting. So James Crumbly, who I assume is the shooter's father, James Crumbly bought the gun that authorities believe was used in the shooting on November the 26th at an Oxford store in, in uh, Michigan with his son. So a nice father and son day out. 
You know, when I go out with my dads, we go out for a Sunday roast. How fucking boring, right? <laughs> when I go out with my dad, we go for a walk in the park. We go to feed the ducks. We take my kids to a climbing frame and we both just sit there in silence. You know, both of us just sat there. Delighted that neither one of us are talking. <laughs> Lest one of us actually says something meaningful and we actually have to have a proper fucking conversation about shit that happened like 25 years ago. Or just, just sat like, you're not going to say anything, are you? No, no, no. no. Oh, okay, cool. Great. Great day out. Fantastic Father's Day. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, once they reach middle age, they're like, I just wish that me and my dad talked more. You know, I wish that we actually started to open a real dialogue. I wish he was there and present and asked me questions about my job and my friends and my life. You know, not me. I don't <laughs> I don't want any of that. <laughs> because if he asked me those I'm going to have to ask him the questions back and inevitably it will get on to what took place and their my parents divorce and what he regrets and you know, yeah, we, we don't need to fucking open that Pandora's box. That fucking genie can stay straight in that bowl. That genie can stay locked up like a fucking half Iranian teacher. <laughs> you know, sometimes like friends of mine or like, you know, ex-girlfriends have said to me, you know, wouldn't it be good though to just have that conversation just one time? You never have to have it again, Aid. Just sit down with your parents and just be honest. Just be open with them. Just say, you know, because you two couldn't sort your fucking shit out, in 1984 <laughs> that completely changed the trajectory of my entire life and you have no idea what it was like to go to a school in the home counties in the shires where friends of mine their parents were still together and they had that dual income so they had a four or five bed detached house with a big gravel driveway and a locked gate and you know they had nice holidays and takeaway as a family on a Friday night. Meanwhile, me and my brother moved six times in seven years, raised on council estates and shit. Like I'm just saying, it was awkward having to lend my mum 250 pounds of my own pocket money just so she could make it through the month against a backdrop of my friends going on skiing holidays. That was tough. I'm just saying that there is a cyclical traumatization element to growing up in a single mother council house environment where everyone is constantly struggling. Now, now I'm 42 years old. I'm on a good salary. And yet I constantly worry or feel like I'm about to fall into the red, which I fucking am, by the way. But that is concurrent. That is a coincidence. It's, it's got nothing to do with my upbringing. That's mostly down to... I'm not going to blame you motherfuckers for, for the Tory interest rate mortgage crisis. That is not your fault. That is... I agree with that. But I'm just saying, maybe given the tumultuousness <laughs> and the hecticness and the backdrop of all my friends living in, you know, nuclear families, I'm just saying maybe it was kind of understandable that I was you know, a bit off the rails from age 15 to 30. But you know what? The reason... <laughs> the reason I don't have that conversation is because 
I am almost 100% certain. <laughs> Actually, where it would go is like I would talk about, you know, going off the rails and being a bit wayward and sweary and being a bit of a booze hound and all of this other stuff. And then like and then how hard it all was on me. And then I can almost guarantee that my mum would like lean in and she would just go, yeah, uh, your childhood was actually really hard on us both. <laughs> you know, like I was a shit kid or so. And I don't want to hear that shit. You know, call me a raging narcissist that cannot handle criticism if you must. In the comment section, you know, <laughs> whatever. Leave me a review and <laughs> tells me I'm shit. But I'm just saying I don't need to hear my mother or father tell me that I was an awful child right now. We'll save that for the fucking deathbed and dementia. <laughs> How about that shit? Anyway, so the school shooting. Let's get back to that. So uh, this timeline thing on CNN, it says the weekend before the shooting, uh, the dad bought the gun that police think was used in the shooting. Uh, they bought it on November the 26th at one of the local stores. Uh, it says around the same day, the alleged shooter, I think we know he's the shooter. Let's just fucking murderer. Uh, around the same day, the murderer posted a photo of a handgun on his Instagram with the caption, just got my new beauty today. It's a six hour nine millimeter with a, a heart eyes emoji, apparently. Uh, and then the mum, the mom. Uh, Jennifer Crumbly also posted about the gun on social media over the weekend saying mom and son day testing out his new Christmas present. <laughs> so already you're building up a picture here, right? So the dad takes him out, buys him a gun. The mom takes him out to test it out to the shooting range. So this is a story about great parenting already. <laughs> I mean, like, here I am, you know, firing criticism at my parents for like, like, couldn't you two just work it out? Really? Was it that bad? Was it for the sake of my life chances? Can you like looking at my dad? I'm like, did you have to put your dick in everything? Did you have to empty your fucking balls in everything that moves? Did you really? And then like I turned to my mum. I'm like, and couldn't you just let some shit go just once? For the sake of my life chances, could you not? And then, like, what? Fucking 20 seconds later, I look back at this this new story and then fucking buying their 15-year-old child a 9mm killing machine, taking him out to the gun show. I look at this shit and I'm like, oh, well, no, you, you two actually, you were actually all right parents, mum and dad. Thanks. Thank you so much. Yeah. You did a bang-up job. I turned out amazing. So the dad buys him a gun. The mum takes him out to a shooting range. And then we get on to the next section. It says, disturbing red flags before the shooting. Okay. I assume that they're just going to say the parents. <laughs> the parents were just, it was, yeah, it was not looking good. As soon as we saw who this kid's parents were. Anyway. It says, as classes resumed after the Thanksgiving holiday, a teacher noticed that Ethan Crumbly, who is the child, the murderer, they noticed that he was searching the web for ammunition. Uh, the teacher notified school officials 
who contacted the parents via phone and email, but the parents did not respond. Okay. <laughs> then it says later on that Monday, Jennifer Crumbly, the mum, sent the child a text message saying, lol, I'm not mad at you. You have to learn not to get caught. Okay. So they buy him a gun. <laughs> they teach him how to shoot it at the shooting range. And then when he's busted at school, illegally looking for like, you know, ammunition site, because he can't buy it, right? He's only 15. They bust him looking at this stuff at the school. They alert the parents and the parents' reaction is like, <laughs> oh, I, re I remember when I was your age. Yeah. Yeah, look, here's the answer to that is just just be a little bit circumspect, right? Just just don't look at that stuff while you're at school. Like it's an old edition of Playboy or some shit. You know, and here's, here's the crushing fucking irony of this is it's always the NRA guys, right? The gun ownership nuts. The people who think that it is synonymous with American freedom. That you should be allowed to own a firearm to protect your family. It's always those goddy motherfuckers <laughs> who were the first to take offense and then preach about the dangers of like pornography on kids today, you know? Like, I can almost guarantee that if this little shit had been caught with a copy of Playboy in his school satchel. His parents would have read him the fucking riot act. And yet, getting busted looking up ammunition websites for killing machines. And they're like, <laughs> lol, just try not to get caught next time, yeah? Wow. Uh, cheers, by the way. Um, there's a part of me that really wants to see what would happen... <laughs> to the American Christian right, like to families like that, how would they react if there was a female school shooter? You know, like how would they react <laughs> when they see sex or like disrobed women as more damaging to their children <laughs> than irresponsibility over firearms, you know? Like if it's a female school shooter and like, I don't know, the kid comes home after a bad fucking day at an American high school. <laughs> and the mom is like, how was your day, sweetheart? Well, it was uh, essentially really stressful. There, there was a school shooting today. Oh my God, I heard on the radio. That's like the fifth one this month. Yeah, that's right, mom. It was really bad. And, and did they catch the shooter? Yeah, yeah, they did. It was a girl. It was a girl? That's right, mom. It was uh, Brittany from my English class. Right. So, uh, what happened? Well, it was this fucking school shooting, mom. Bullets spraying everywhere. She brought in a Mac-10, her father's automatic, spraying bullets. Three of my friends died. There was blood all over the floor, ambulances, paramedics, everything, the whole shit. It was really traumatizing. I'm going to be traumatized by this, mom. Well, okay, but, you know, silver lining... Me and your father are probably going to stay together, so you you probably psychologically work it out, and uh, uh, you, you have actually pretty good life too. Anyway, it's not important. Uh, so you say it was a girl? 
It was this Britney girl? Yeah, that's right, Mom. For the third time, it was a girl. Britney. She took a MAC-10 in. She sprayed all of my buddies. They're all fucking dead. And then the mom's like, okay. Oh, I, I, no, I, I get it. It was traumatizing. It was, it was awful. It was, uh, it was really bad. Uh, bullets, guns, everything. Uh, can I just ask, though, what, like, one question, and then, and then I'm, I'll, I'll leave it, I promise. What, what is it, Mom? I, I've had a long day. I, I really just want to go to bed. Can I just ask? She wasn't naked, or did, no, Mom? Why? Why would she be naked? Okay, no, no, it's it's fine. It's, I I just wanted to check how how much traumatizing danger you were in. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like a pair of tits, a naked woman is more of a concern, more of a social issue to these people than a fucking murder machine. <laughs> like, like I swear to God. British people now are left with this impression of the United States that it is like, you know, oh my God, Hank, what are you doing, man? It's after five. Why are you taking your kids out? You know, you know what happens when we shut up shop? It's just 2,000 goddamn rednecks shooting their semi-automatics off like it's a goddamn shooting range. Like, Jesus Christ, Hank, like Mary Lou, why, why are you letting him do this? Don't, don't take your kids out. After five, it's not safe for your kids, man. And then Mary Lou, like, claps back. She's like, no, 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 it's it's okay, Buck. It's all right. There is no drag queens reading stories to little kids. It's very safe. Anyway, let's get back to this CNN timeline thing. So it says, uh, another piece of evidence is a journal found in Crumbly's backpack. And it details his desire to shoot up the school and that that should include murdering students. So kind of disturbed, dark kind of shit. It says, on Tuesday morning, another teacher found a drawing on the accused shooter's desk that essentially depicted a shooting. It said it alarmed her to the point that she took a picture of it on her cell phone to record her. It said uh, the picture showed a semi-automatic weapon, a handgun, pointing at the words, the thoughts won't stop me. And it included a drawing of a bullet with the words blood everywhere written above it. Uh, also, the words my life is useless and the world is dead were also written alongside the drawing. Now, I think it's important to contextualize this, that drawings are not necessarily crimes. OK, we've all said and done and drawn some stupid shit in our life. Like when I was like 15 or 16, I was writing the most sort of torturous tormented lyrics to songs that i thought would be all like you know kurt cobaini and nirvana-esque because when you're that age and you have minimal understanding of long-term impact and side effects of your actions and when you're only 15 and you don't really understand that this rush of hormones and the drama and how everything that feels so, so very important and vital. And we have to sort this out right now. And this is important. And this is life changing. You don't really have any context of that to know. Like, I'm 42. Now, if I feel myself getting all het up about something, I'm like, I'm going to sleep on this. You know, <laughs> I'm going to wait till I'm sober. I'm going to wait till I've had a couple of good nights sleep before I send this text message to my dad. Do you know what I mean? Like, the older you get, you have a bit more context to understand what endorphins are like, what hormones can do to you, 
how you might feel like this is the most important, upsetting, enraging thing right now in this moment. But actually, in five hours time, you might not give a shit about it. So I just think it's important to kind of keep the context of this at the forefront of our minds. That even though he's written and drawn these insane things, <laughs> I mean, like, let's also add a bit more context. Like, I, I literally never drew a picture when I was 15 of me murdering my schoolmates, my classmates. That literally, as unhappy as I was and as terrible as my parents' divorce like the impact on me as it was, it changed my life and all that stuff. And the resentment I probably still feel bubbling away underneath, but I'm good enough to keep it all bottled up. As awful and painful and life-changing as all of that was, I literally never once drew a picture of a bullet <laughs> and like pictures of people with their fucking, you know, bleeding and all that stuff. So, you know, contextualize it as, you know, teen drama and angst and stuff to a, to a bit. But also, let's try and keep this in perspective, is, is all I'm saying. Now, here's where it kind of gets interesting, as though, you know, none of this is interesting already. Uh, it says the distressing picture that she took of that desk, it says it led school officials to hold a meeting with the shooter and his parents, who were instructed to help provide counselling for their son, within 48 hours so they were so alarmed by these pictures they were like you need to get your kid in counseling he needs to be talking to somebody about it. this is not normal do you understand that and the person giving this interview to cnn is like when i looked at that picture when i looked at those images i took the photo of it and stuff it was impossible not to conclude that this was a adolescent who was intent on hurting someone it was impossible so she was certain whoever this teacher was and the school as an institution were clearly reasonably certain that this was headed for a bad place because they're like, you need to put your son in counselling. But again, the parents resist this. The parents resisted the idea of taking their son out of school and he was allowed to return to the class uh, classroom, it says. And here's the fucking kicker. It says the district's school superintendent said that no discipline was needed against him after that meeting. Like there's even there's a quote in here. It says he was uh, he was called up to the office and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but no discipline was warranted. Uh, there are no discipline records at the high school for this incident. Like, how fucking wild is that shit? How can you, like, draw a picture of you killing someone or like, you know, bullets going through a head. Uh. But the kid is just sat there like the fucking Michelangelo of homicide portraits. Pictures of like people with two bullets going through their heads and laughing emojis underneath it. The fucking teacher or teaching assistant or whoever is like, it was impossible not to conclude that this kid was intent on hurting someone. And yet there's no record of a discipline happening how do you not discipline a child <laughs> for drawing murderous sociopathic pictures how do you not address that shit like america is so fucked up like honestly i wouldn't put it past the fact like maybe the school principal or like the, the district superintendent or something is like 
Uh, yeah. I heard that you drew some pictures about people getting murdered. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Lol. Next time, just don't get caught, yeah? So let's just do a quick stock take here, shall we? So <laughs> the parents buy him a gun. He's only 15. And they teach him how to shoot it. Probably not a great idea. The school catch him trying to buy live ammunition rounds. Again, illegal when you're only 15. The parents do fucking nothing about it. The school catch him drawing these weird and wonderful sociopathic murdery masterpieces that even the teachers say it was obvious he was hell-bent on hurting someone. But neither the parents, they don't want to put him into counselling or pull him out of school, or the school bother to discipline him like oh, all of that is aside and then he's just allowed to return back to class so that's that's where we're at failed at every single juncture you know just just in case you were curious of you know looking at the ingredients of how to orchestrate a tragedy like just just in case you were looking to produce an actual like a show called making a murderer you know, where you, like, this is how you do it. You defund social services. You defund local public health care. You deregulate everything from what it takes to be greenlit and signed off as a school counsellor, <laughs> who I presume he was going to, because I think they have them in America, weirdly, perversely. You wouldn't think they would have school counsellors, you know, like a publicly funded mental health thing, but I think they do. But yeah, this this is how you do it. This is how you create murderers. You just defund every single one of the nets that would have caught somebody suffering from whatever the fuck mental illness this kid was suffering. Whatever kind of trauma he was going through. And I know that we all mock this kind of shit like, oh my god, oh, he was, he was mentally unwell, was he? Oh, whatever happened to just people being bad whatever happened to just people being evil why have you got to give them a get out of jail free card aid the answer to that is actually quite simple because it's not normal to run around shooting people and we know that because it's not something that happens every day <laughs> thankfully thank the lord it's not so it's still an anomaly like even in america it's unlikely to happen to you like, it is 100% edge case that somebody might pick up a gun or take one out of their dad's drawer and run it into school and create a tragedy. It's still super rare that that might happen. But what does that tell you? It tells you that this is the sort of thing that happens very rarely to people who have created and nurtured a warped idea within their psychology that this is something that either is okay to do or that they have been driven to do. Like, it's not fucking normal to want to hurt other human beings like this. And if you think that it is, then maybe you need to be assessed or something. And like, if we, you know, if we back the fuck up out of that stuff and we do just subscribe to the idea that, well, you, you know what? Some people, some people, Aid, are just evil. Then where does that leave us? Like, what solutions are you offering if you just get off the bus at some people are just evil? That is not a solution. That is a, I can't be bothered to deal with this. This is too complex a question for me. So I'm just going to wrap it all up with a nice little bow and say, every now and then, there's someone who's 
evil. And I know the media don't do us any fucking favors with this stuff when when there is an awful story that comes out, when there is a child killing or somebody butchers their wife and does something unspeakable to her. It's easy. It's tempting to wrap that shit up and just go, this was evil. That guy was evil. And that's why that happened. But actually, the inconvenience, slightly more uncomfortable but intellectual truth of it is that some people are incredibly sick, incredibly unwell. And through a mix of trauma, poor life experiences, sometimes addiction, sometimes hereditary conditions, they are pushed into a situation where they act in a way that is absolutely abnormal. And really, we have a choice as human beings. We can either accept that that is a warped, strange variant of human biology or psychology or whatever the fuck. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But we can accept that that is a strange variation that happens and we can look at what causes it. We could treat these people like guinea pigs, which I know, look, even that has connotations of sort of, you know, Nazism and experimentation on human beings. And I'm not 100 percent comfortable with that. But I'm just saying by kicking the can down the road by just going, oh, it's evil. This person is evil. I just think you don't solve the problem. What you actually do is you bequeath it to the next generation to have to deal with the same fucking thing. I mean, I don't suppose it will gather any speed and political momentum whatsoever. But <laughs> but I do wonder, like, is there a case to be made for, like, you know, if you do get sexual predators, if you do get sex offenders and violent offenders, do you owe it to society to instead of treating them like pure evil, locking them up in Victorian jails, punishing them, punitive measures, you know, that sort of archaic approach to law enforcement and punishment. Do you owe it to society and the next generation to look at things a little bit more longer term, you know, and go, that happened. That's always fucking happening. Every generation has to deal with these same types of problems. What if we looked at that guy's brain, worked out what the fuck it is that creates that sort of behavior, and then we can look to either, you know, if not prevent it, then maybe treat it for future generations. Anyway, I'm going way off on a fucking tangent here. Anyway, so what happened next? So he has the meeting where they address these concerning pictures, and little did they know that at that moment... He already had the fucking gun in his backpack. They didn't search him, even though they were really concerned. And even though this teacher says, look, I think it was obvious that he was going to hurt someone. He was intent on hurting someone. They didn't bother to search his bag. And so then he was allowed to return back to class. And then it says here on CNN, uh, it says just before 10 to 1, Crumbly could be seen with a backpack. And then a minute or two later... He exited the bathroom without the backpack, but with the gun in hand. Crumbly then allegedly began to methodically and deliberately walk the hallways and aim a gun at students and fire the weapon. When students began to run away, he allegedly continued to go down the hallway at a methodical pace and shot inside classrooms and at students who hadn't escaped. 
And so loads of students run down the hallways. They lock themselves in classrooms. The teachers barricade. Yeah, everyone grabs scissors and calculators. Anything they can find to fight this guy off, this kid, if he comes into their classroom with his gun and starts shooting people. So scary fucking time. Somebody calls the cops. And within two or three minutes of the cops arriving, they apprehend him and he's in cuffs. And then that's it. Tragedy over. And... Anyway, now we spool forward. What are we now? Two years ahead. And there's a hearing going on. Cheers, by the way. Dark one tonight. Uh, there's a hearing going on to discuss. It's, it's essentially to discuss the sentencing that he's going to receive. Because he's already pled guilty. He said, yeah, you know what? Hands up. I did murder four kids. I, but it's it's now a question of was it premeditated? To what extent was he mentally ill? Can he be blamed? To what extent can you apportion some of the blame on the parents? And and you you know what? Because this is America, and because like I don't know if you listened to the uh, the fucking uh, the murder murders episode that I did recently. Because this is America, probably what's going to happen is this is going to kind of morph and explode into some massive civil suit. Like, with the murder or murders, it's like they're going to sue the off-license <laughs> for selling beer to the kid who then got drunk and crashed his dad's boat and it killed someone. So whose fault is this? I mean, could you sue the gun manufacturer? Probably not. It's America, right? They would just claim... It's <laughs> There'd be some, like, weird, like, freedom of speech thing. We should be allowed to manufacture killing machines and sell them to whoever. Even 15-year-olds. I'm amazed that the parents even had to buy the killing machine. He should have just come straight in and bought the shit himself. This is America last time I checked, Jack. Like, the, the fucking... The responsibility man goes straight out the window. For a country that is so drunk on conservatism. Like, I think it was Ian Hislop who said, oh, yeah, you know, over here we have a conservative party and then we have a left-leaning Labour party. Whereas in the United States, you guys, you have a conservative party and a more conservative party. Like, that was his... And I, I fucking love that joke or I love that, you know, satirical little witty one-liner because it perfectly describes America. They're so drunk on the gaudy, bible ideological, Christian right stuff. Like, even the supposed, like, left-leaning progressive party, i.e. the Democrats, even they won't say anything to irk, to start a fire, to, to create shit with the Christian right. And a big part of that, a big part of that conservative movement, just like it is over here, is self-responsibility. It's like... You you make your own look. You work hard and and you you study and you keep your head down and you make something of yourself. And then the government gets off your back and it's low taxes because you don't need the government to step in and, and and pay for your medical bills. That's up to you and your family. You provide for your family. It's like that sort of shit, right? Self responsibility. And yet at, at the first fucking turn of a corner, whether it is. A dead girl in a boat or four dead teens in a school corridor. You're only a second away from somebody going, yeah, no, it's not It's not the school shooter's 
fault and his fault alone. It's not the drunk millionaire's son drunk driving the boat and crashing. It's not either of their fault. Yeah, no, it's actually it's it's the uh, it's the off license or like now in this case it will be the school had a duty of care, which they did. Or it'll be not not the parents who had a duty of care to look after their kid and go like I think is I think we need to talk about Kevin, not the school counsellor who obviously overlooked a lot of the fucking red flags and warning signs not the local government or federal government for cutting the funding to each one of the social services that would have caught this fucking shit before it exploded into this murderous tragedy none of that somehow someone somewhere will find a way to sue the trainer manufacturer for allowing the kid to run fast enough to catch up with whoever the fuck got blown to pieces do you know what i mean like i don't want to say you know whatever happened to just this guy being evil <laughs> i don't want to get you know too so but whatever happened to just this guy being responsible you know like you don't have to be certifiably evil to be responsible for some bad shit. I mean, I am... I'm certifiably responsible for raising sad children. I am, but am I evil? No! I'm not evil. I'm just... I'm just busy. I'm just stressed. Guys. <laughs> Daddy. Daddy, will you play with me? Will you fuck off? I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> But at least mummy and daddy are still together, so you're going to be all right. <laughs> I'm not that bad, really. I, I I promise. Anyway, so so this story sort of continues. Obviously, the actual shooting happened a couple of years ago. Uh, but now ABC News, uh, so different CNN was before, ABC News is now. And it's saying um, that there is a hearing that's happening now. And it says this hearing is happening due to the shooter's age. He was just 15 at the time of the shooting and juveniles in the state of Michigan are not automatically sentenced to life without parole. <laughs> like adults would be, you know, for first degree murder. A separate hearing will be held for his sentencing, which like I don't want to sound like too much of a fluffy, cuddly always forgiving lefty liberal you know i don't want to lean too much into that cliche but i do just want to say this right there is a reason that we have a state that dictates or hands down guidelines in a sense that uh like if my kids like god forbid like touch wood nothing like this ever happens to them i pray that they never get caught up in a fucking school shooting or something horrid like that but if somebody's kids do get caught up like that, in a situation like that, we as the state, as the governing body, owe it to the wider society as part of the promise that we make to not slip into this sort of uncivil, barbaric way of living. You know, where if somebody does this, then we string them up in the fucking town square, slit their throat, behead them put them on a rack we've decided as countries as states that that is not the way that we want to live now i honestly think as an extension of that 
we need to have a serious conversation or rather America <laughs> need to have a serious conversation with itself, with themselves as to how they fit this square shaped object of trying kids as adults through the circular hole of Western liberal democracy. Like if you believe that children are groomable and corruptible by drag queens reading stories, if you think they're that fragile and amiable and corruptible, and grim how do you square that with the idea that you can charge, try and convict a 15 year old as a fucking adult? Like your frontal lobe isn't fully developed till you're fucking like 27. What were you doing when you were 15? I was getting drunk in Kidwell's Park in Maidenhead, doing stupid shit, getting assaulted. I got headbutted by a girl and I cried about it. Does any of that sound like adult grown-up behaviour to you? Like, I'm not saying he's free of responsibility here or that we should go and sue the school for not having the right kind of barriers and scanners and weapons detectors and shit on the school gates. I'm not saying that. I'm saying he did this stuff and he is responsible. I mean, you know, the parents, uh, you know, the parents are, are pretty shit. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I've had worse. So, <laughs> I mean, no, wait, hold on. My, my parents are fine. My parents have been lovely my entire life. Well, almost lovely in the neighborhood of lovely. Uh I don't know. Like, what, what am I saying? I'm saying, look, he was 15. <laughs> His frontal lobe hadn't developed yet. He had shit parents. There's no such thing as evil. He was failed by every single social care structure on the way to this murder. And I'm just saying that in a country that appears to be politically, religiously obsessed with the innocence of children, and the manipulation of children. We've got to protect our children. That maybe it wouldn't do you so much fucking harm if you looked at kids like their kids. <laughs> maybe you'd pause for thought when it's a subject of jailing 15-year-olds. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, he's totally fine to jail as an adult. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's basically, yeah, he's, he's a grown-up. Oh, uh, really? Because he was kidnapped and fucked in the ass by a billionaire. Oh, oh, Jesus. Oh, well, in, in that case, he's a child. He's a vulnerable child. Right. Okay. But then he grabbed an M16 and he went, like, he was angry about it. So he went, right. Yeah. I mean, the only problem is that then he was really angry about it. And he grabbed an M16 and he shot up a college. Uh, right. Well, that's that's not the NRA or the uh, local mental health facilities uh, problem. <laughs> that was entirely down to him. It's uh, self-responsibility. Try him as an adult. Right, I mean, it's just that a drag queen did read him Humpty Dumpty on the way to the school shit. Oh, well, Jesus Christ. I mean, that, that does, that changes things just a tad. But he was, I mean, he loved Humpty Dumpty, but he also liked Marilyn Manson. So, oh, well, gee, fucking send him to the chair. Guys, that's it. That's all I've got time for. i got to run. Uh, thank you so much for continuing to listen to the podcast. If you are in a position to, please do consider jumping on patreon.com forward slash Aid Thompson. You get episodes of the pod two days before everyone else. You get exclusive first look at the live tickets, live show tickets. Uh, me, Super Tansky, 
uh, Danny fucking Price, uh, Jolly and Rubenstein was at our show in February. Uh, this coming one, we've got Dane Baptiste. It's going to be a riot, man. It's literally called the Riot Society. It's going to be good fun. Uh, I've got my night in September. That's Thursday, the 28th of September. Uh, tickets to that also went on Patreon first. There's a Discord chat. Uh, I'm in there every day. We share memes. We talk shit. We check in on each other. It's a good time, man. Uh, you get RSS feeds to the podcast. You can plumb that straight into your Spotify or your Apple podcast. You get a monthly Skype call with me, with yours truly, if that's of interest. It might not be. I'm not sure. But if you join a certain tier on the Patreon, then you get that offered to you. Uh, there's, there's, there's fucking loads of stuff on there. Jump on patreon.com forward slash aid Thompson. And it starts at three quid a month. So, I mean, what is three quid? I mean, it's a lot to me because uh, I'm going through a remortgage at the moment. But <laughs> but to you, maybe it's not. I don't know. Maybe the cost of living hasn't touched you the same way that it has me. Uh, anyway, so if you're not in a position to support the podcast by Patreon, all I would ask is that you share me around. Please do consider clicking the share button on an episode of the podcast that you have enjoyed. Maybe send it to a friend, pop it on a tweet, uh, stick it on Facebook. Stick it in your like WhatsApp chat with your mates. Uh, whatever it is, uh, consider share, sharing me around. Or if you're on the Apple Podcasts app, um, what would be really amazing is if you could write me a review. Just pop me a little four or five star review on there because that helps the podcast to get recommended. It gets me bumped up a little bit. And finally, last thing I promise, uh, if you wouldn't mind jumping on the YouTube, I'm really trying to grow the YouTube at the moment because I've heard some really actually quite inspiring stories about YouTube and revenue and how to make it your actual job. And I'm really excited about it. I'm actually fucking psyched. Like for the first time in like ages, I'm like, I could fucking do that, man. So uh, if you wouldn't mind jumping on the YouTube, it's the same handle for everything like Twitter, TikTok, whatever. Go on YouTube.com forward slash uh, Aid Thompson. Actually, it's at Aid Thompson, so I'm talking shit. Uh, but if you Google me, like, I'm sure you'll find it. Or you can go on Funk27. Um, then that would be great. Just watch a video, like it, subscribe it. All of, all of the usual stuff that insufferable people like me say at the end of podcasts or videos. Anyway, that's it from me. Take care of yourselves. Keep it strictly hashtag Bimfluencer. Strictly hashtag Booge. I'm actually quite pissed now, so I'm going to go. Uh, I'm out this motherfucker.